Hail and welcome to A is for Agrimony, coffee-stained notes on witchcraft. I am Margot, and it's been a week and a half. For those of you who have been listening for um, the last few episodes, the Jim and Jupe tour has just wrapped up, and everyone who traveled to be in town for it departed and said their goodbyes the other day. At the time that I'm recording this, it was two days ago, actually, and it was sad saying goodbyes, uh, or rather see you laters. But I think I can speak for everyone, especially the hosts of the Witch Bitch Amateur Hour and Two Geminis and Aaliyah when I say that um, some R&R in the comfort of home was very much needed by all. It was an absolutely amazing and hilariously fun experience, and I'm so happy and grateful that I got to help out and experience it both behind the scenes and as a spectator. Spectator? Guest? Attendee? You know what I mean. So there were four show nights, uh, Emo Night, Wild West Night, Paranormal Night, and finally Prom Night. The venues were absolutely awesome. Shout out to the incredible and welcoming Arden Theater in Philadelphia, the downright magical modern druid in Nyack, New York, and the absolutely beautiful Manor Mill in Moncton, Maryland. Talk about dream locations. So to sum up, for any new listeners, the Jim and Jupe tour consisted of two sets of podcasters who put on four amazing live shows, which if you weren't able to attend, let me just explain. These were a minimum of two hours each and all completely different and customized to go along with each theme night. So these podcasters basically put on four completely unique live and extra long and extra fun episodes in a matter of two weekends. That's pretty impressive, especially with no editing even possible. As someone else who podcasts, that's no simple thing. So I applaud them for not only pulling it all off, but pulling it off incredibly well. Amazing work, my friends. Amazing work. Charlie and Macy from the Witch Bitch Amateur Hour are such a goddamn delight. They are extremely kind and funny and fun to be around. If you listen to the podcast, then you can tell all this just by tuning into the show. But I want to say that it's exactly the same in person. And not only that, but they are extremely good at what they do. The Witch Bitch Amateur Hour has created an inviting space to learn and share where it doesn't matter if you're an expert or a beginner, everyone is welcomed and shown a good time. They are absolutely wonderful and I really enjoyed spending time with them over the past week and a half. It's no wonder that they attract such a wonderful crowd of listeners, uh, which is how I met some of the most wonderful wonderful people that I call my very dear friends, some of which are Rachel, Teresa, and Tabitha from Two Geminis and Leo. They are three equally hilarious, extremely talented, beautiful, dynamic, and very knowledgeable astrology podcasters who give me the warm and fuzzies just thinking about them. Uh, this was an amazing team up, and I look forward to what's in store for future team ups. Absolute magic. And finally, there was a more seen and less heard group that I was a part of, and that's the Star Squad. So I want to give a shout out to the beautiful and wonderful Stevie, Coco, Phoenix, Sabrina, Claire, and the absolute gift that was our surprise member, Corey, from Corey's Cauldron. I love you all to pieces. I could eat your faces, but I won't. (laughs) Good times, good times. Okay, so let's get to the meat of the episode, shall we? At the time of this episode release, which is Friday, April 28th, it's my birthday. 
Yes, I am an April Taurus, just shy of being a Beltane baby, which is uh, in just a few days, and why I'll be combining these two topics into this one super fucking awesome episode, (laughs) I hope. So this, in combination with a conversation I recently had with some friends on Marco, specifically about types of magic to do on your birthday, got me really thinking about birthday magic for the first time and beyond the making the wish and blowing out the candle on the birthday cake that we've all done in our childhood, uh, which is witchcraft, by the way, tell your moms. Um, (laughs) But I started to think about it in terms of two different points. The first being that we all kind of get to have our own personal new year when our birthdays come around and we can work magic along the lines of that in terms of what came in the past year and what we want or hope for or wish for or want to work on for the coming year. And the other point has to do with our own personal astrology, our our zodiacal and planetary placements, and how we can work with these traits to really grow and evolve as individuals, accepting the things that we don't super love about ourselves and learning to either embrace them or do some self-work and make some improvements in some areas. And also really encourage and expand on the things that we do love about our traits and our placements and work on really letting them shine in the coming year. So these were my thoughts when I decided to look into birthday magic a little a little further. And here is what a little bit of research turned up. Birthday magic is a form of magic that is focused on harnessing the energy of one's birthday to manifest desired outcomes and set intentions for the year ahead. It is based on the idea that a person's birth is a powerful time of spiritual and energetic renewal and can be used as a catalyst for personal growth and transformation. There are several ways in which one can practice birthday magic. One approach is to create a special ritual or ceremony that is designed to honor and celebrate one's birthday while setting intentions for the year ahead. And this may involve lighting candles, meditating, creating an altar, or performing other symbolic acts that represent the individual's hopes and desires. Another approach to birthday magic is to use astrology or numerology to gain insight into one's personality traits and strengths and to identify areas of potential growth and development. This may involve consulting with an astrologer or a numerologist or using online resources to explore one's birth chart or numerological profile. Astrologically, your birthday is an important marker of your unique personality, strengths, weaknesses, and potential for growth and development. And this is because your birthday represents the exact moment when the sun returns to the same degree of the zodiac that it occupied at the time of your birth. So that is known as your solar return. During your solar return, the sun is in the same zodiac sign and degree as it was when you were born which means that the energy and qualities of that sign are especially prominent in your life during the coming year. This is why astrologers use a person's birthday as a starting point for creating their birth chart, which is a map of the positions of the planets at the time of your birth. In addition to the sun's position, your birthday also reveals important information about the positions of other planets in your birth chart. For example, the position of the moon at the time of your birth can reveal important information about your emotional nature and how you relate to others. The positions of other planets such as Venus, Mars, and Jupiter can provide insights into your relationships, career, and personal growth. 
Astrologers also use your birthday to track the movements of the planets and their ongoing impact on your life. For example, if a planet is currently transitioning through the same zodiac sign as your sun or other planets, it can have a powerful influence on your life during that time. Overall, your birthday is an important astrological marker that can provide valuable insights into your unique personality, strengths, challenges, and potential for growth and transformation. By understanding the astrological significance of your birthday, you can gain deeper insights into yourself and make more informed choices about your life path and your personal development. No biggie, right? (laughs) Some people also use the power of affirmations and visualization to manifest their desired outcomes during birthday magic. This involves setting specific goals or intentions and then repeating positive affirmations or visualizing oneself achieving those goals in order to attract the desired outcome into one's life. As many of you probably already know, almost all forms of magic require focused visualization on the desired outcome. So this is really just another part of any spell, especially a birthday spell. Ultimately, the practice of birthday magic is a highly individualized and personal process that can take many different forms. The key is to approach one's birthday as a sacred time for spiritual reflection and growth and to use the energy of this special day to set intentions and manifest positive change in our lives. And if you want more about astrology and birth charts, I highly recommend that you check out Two Geminis and a Leo if you haven't already. They provide lots of entertainment while shedding light on all the little bits and pieces of astrology and birth charts that can be confusing uh, or downright confounding, actually, for the average person. They also provide an in-depth look at each sign as the sun moves through them, and their most recent episode was on Taurus season, and I'm very amused and happy to say that they used me as an example a few times in that episode. I feel so seen. (laughs) I love them so much. Also, so you know I'm absolutely obsessed with books, especially witchy and occult books, so of course I have a recommendation here that I recently came across if you're interested in taking a deeper dive into birthday magic. It is the magic of birthdays, rituals, spells, and recipes for honoring your solar return by Hannah Hawthorne, and a little description of this book. Celebrate your special day and yourself with simple rituals in this modern guide to ancient spiritual traditions. Your birthday is the ultimate moment to celebrate, honor, and reflect on who you truly are. This practical companion is a modern-day grimoire filled with rituals, spells, and other simple practices for making the most of your solar return. Practices include simple spellcraft, candle magic, solar work, astrology and numerology, kitchen witchcraft, recipes for specific intentions, and more. Reflect on the past year, let go of what you don't need, and move into your new year with clarity, purpose, and a touch of self-care magic. Blow out the candles in a whole new way this birthday and beyond. Now, Hannah can also be found on Instagram at simplywitched. And I have a little something from her book to share with you. Um, A happy birthday from me to you. (laughs) And because I'm still very steeped in energy of good times and connection with great friends, I'm going to share a birthday ritual from the magic of birthdays that is meant to be performed with close friends and or family. 
Uh, so this is meant to be performed either on your birthday or during a birthday gathering with your loved ones and is meant to not only honor you, but every other participant in this ritual as well. So you will need pillows to sit on for each member participating, a lavender smoke bundle, a cauldron or fire safe container, a statement of intention for your year ahead. So you'll have to think about what you want to focus on in the coming year, a goal that you want to achieve, maybe a bad habit that you want to drop, or just some growth in a specific area of your life. Uh, you will need a small motive, uh, motive, a murder motive. Nope. You need a small votive candle for each participant in the color that best corresponds to your statement of intent, like pink for self-love, green for growth and fertility, white for general blessings, etc. And have them arranged on a large fire and heat safe plate, platter, or tray. And you'll also need a lighter for each participant and a container of salt, as well as dragon's blood incense powder. Okay. You will begin by forming a pillow of circles for everyone to sit on and placing all of the other needed materials in the center of the circle of pillows. Everyone should have a pillow to sit on and be comfortably spaced out and feel comfortable for the proceedings, respecting everyone's boundaries and creating a space where friends and loved ones feel comfortable being vulnerable. So you're going to start with some simple breathing exercises as a group so everyone can begin by feeling connected and comfortable, uh, preferably with eyes closed. When you're done with your breathing exercises and you all feel, you know, synced, then begin by lighting the lavender bundle and smoke cleansing the materials for the ritual and then passing the bundle counterclockwise around the circle that's passing it to the left, taking turns smoke cleansing yourselves while saying, a lavender bouquet to burn the ills away, leaving only love and friendship here today. When everyone has cleansed themselves and the lavender has made it fully around the circle and back to you, place it down to burn out in the fire safe container or cauldron. Next, you will take turns sharing with your circle. You're going to express your struggles from the recent year and share your dreams and intentions for the future. And don't forget to tell each person in the circle, this is your community after all, how they play an important role in your life. You can tell stories, express gratitude for one another, and envision the experience you hope to have together in the future. When the group has finished, you, the birthday person, will move to the center of the circle so that the others in the group surround you. Here in the center of the circle, you will take up the plate of candles and pass out one to each member as well as a lighter, including yourself. With a candle in one hand and the lighter in the other, say your statement of intention out loud three times and then light the candle. At the same time that you light your candle, the rest of the group will then light their own candles and say, candle light, candle bright, grant this wish of the night. You will then return to your space in the center of the circle, leaving the heat safe plate in the middle so that each member can set their candle on it one at a time. Next, you will pick up the salt container and pour a circle of salt around the burning candles. Uh, best to keep it in the tray. Whether you're working outside or indoors, a pile of salt on the floor isn't always the best thing in the world unless you have amazing floors. Um, 
mine are a little susceptible. So after the salt circle has been poured, you will say together, this salt has been charged with mighty force and nothing can knock this dream off course. Finally, you will pass around the incense powder, the dragon's blood incense powder, remember, allowing each member to take a pinch. When everyone has their powder, throw yours into the flames and say, for the benefit of all, we set this in motion now. So mode it be. And this will cause the fire to flare up for a moment and produce a twinkling effect. Uh, And then once you've done that, everyone else is invited to do the same, to toss their dragon's blood powder over the candles and create tiny little fireworks. And that is it. After that, the ritual is complete and it's time to eat cake. So uh, after the ritual is completed, it is time for cake. I highly recommend finishing this with cake because cake. Um, And you can repeat this ritual for every other participant in the circle at their birthday if you choose to. And if you get yourself a copy of Hannah Hawthorne's book, there are birthday cake flavors and their corresponding magical properties following this ritual, as well as a cake cutting spell and a birthday cake offering. Okay, that is all on birthday magic that I have for you. So let us move on to Beltane. Great Earth, let me open myself to the blessings that come. I pray to you. Let me give myself over to ecstasy. Let me open myself to love. As the soil accepts the seed, as the leaves absorb the sun, as the ground soaks up the rain, let me be as you the empty page, the foundation for the living word. I am the gateway. I am the seat of creation. I am the earth, the moon, the stars, and the sun. I am you, great mother, and you are everything. I am open to blessings. I am open to ecstasy. I am open to love. Great queen, you are the key to creation. You are the soil and the rain the oceans and the darkness, the moon and the stars and the sun. Great goddess, bring love, bring ecstasy, bring blessings. As I will it, so it is bound to be. And that is a prayer to the earth goddess, uh, modified a bit by me, originally found in Beltane, Rituals, Recipes, and Lore for May Day. So Beltane, There are many types of witches and pagans in this world, and not all of them celebrate or observe the Beltane celebration. But among those that do, it is widely accepted as one of the two of the highest of holidays in the year, along with Samhain. On October 31st, the sobering and solemn rites of death and spirit make the occasion of Samhain. On the opposite side of the year, as well as the opposite side of the equator, however, we arrive at the fiery, life-affirming festival of Beltane, a complimentary celebration to that of Samhain, the sweet spring bloom to the hollow's dark retreat. Beltane, also referred to as May Day, is a joyous, open-hearted celebration of life, as might be expected based on its placement on the opposite side of the wheel of the year from Samhain. As the ultimate fertility celebration, Beltane focuses on the principle of life as generated through the energies of physical union. 
The word Beltane is the anglicized version of the Irish Gaelic name for the May Day Festival, and one possible and widely agreed upon etymology is that the name is derived from a common Celtic bellotepnia, meaning bright fire. So, we know that the modern neo-pagan version of Beltane that we celebrate today borrows its name from the early pre-Christian Celtic festival that was celebrated in Ireland, Scotland, the Isle of Man, and some areas of Great Britain and Europe. But celebrations of this particular time of year and the fertility of Earth took place the world over. In fact, the ancient Romans enjoyed an annual festival to the goddess Flora, called Floralia, at the end of April and beginning of May, and that has some similarities. Flora was the goddess of fertility, vegetation, and flowers, and her festival began in Rome when the temple to her was dedicated to please her into protecting the blossoms in either 240 or 238 BC. Not really sure why there's a two-year possible jump. And a Germanic festival taking place on April 30th or May 1st, worth noting here, is also Walpurgis Night, which was mentioned as early as 1603 in the Calendarium Perpetuum by Johann Kohler, though the holiday very likely has much earlier origins. It too is a spring celebration marking the end of winter and is named for St. Walpurga, an English missionary who was celebrated for putting an end to pagan sorcery, I'm using air quotes, and was canonized on May 1st, 870 CE. Because of this timing, the observance is associated with May rites and traditions and the events of May Day have become known as Walpurgis Night, or, and forgive my poor pronunciation, Walpurgis Nacht. This night was also a time when witches were believed to gather on hilltops in wild and orgiastic meetings with Satan to plot trouble. Uh, And fear of this supposed evil was widespread, and rituals were intended to ward off malicious witchcraft and other perceived threats, including the symbolic burning of the witches, which were made of cloth and straw or broomsticks. But thanks to the rise of reason somewhat, Walpurgis Night eventually became a lighthearted celebration of fireworks, folk songs, and dancing, rather than something to be feared. And modern witches have embraced the holiday as a time of revelry for them instead. In modern Germany, it is even compared to a second Halloween. What fun! In Italy, a celebration called Calendimaggio or Cantar Maggio is a seasonal feast held to celebrate the arrival of spring. The event is named for the time in which it takes place, which is the beginning of May, from the Latin Calendamaya. The celebration dates back to ancient times, but is still very much alive today in many regions of Italy, serving as an allegory of the return to life and rebirth. These are just three examples in a countless many throughout history, from ancient times to modern day, where May Day is designated as an official holiday in 66 countries and unofficially celebrated in many more. But back to modern Beltane as celebrated by some modern witches, pagans, and magical practitioners. Beltane is a time to celebrate the creative energies of the universe, just as with early agricultural peoples did, who, I might add, were not too adverse to taking part in the action either. This is why, to this day, witches embrace a liberated and direct expression of their sexuality as an uninhibited expression of pleasure. This can be alone or between consenting adults. Mind you, repression, inhibition, or any puritanical view of sexuality is expressly not in keeping with the spirit of the craft. 
For sexual union carries a deeper metaphorical and spiritual message than that of just the act alone. It conveys the principles of both universal love and of the union with nature and the divine. And love is the guiding force during this high holy day in the witch's year. This is directed outward to all, gushing forth like water, flooding a land that lies below a broken dam. It is the unconditional benevolence of the gods that flows forward through the love expressed at Beltane. It is through this expression of love that life renews itself. Barren fields, once seeded, open to blossom and fruit, further evidence of this outpouring of love. Other themes of Beltane include growth, protection, abundance, fertility, light, fire, love, and sexuality. It is a time for ritual, love, basking in the light and heat of the sun, or a bonfire, securing energetic protections, honoring the fae, and or securing the home from the fae, leaping a fire, dancing around a maypole, feasting, imbibing, making wishes, gardening, and much more. And speaking of that, I have a few specific points associated with Beltane, starting with the maypole. So one of the most prominent rituals associated with Beltane is the maypole dance, which involves participants dancing around a tall pole decorated with ribbons and flowers. The maypole represents a phallic symbol of fertility, and the dance is a celebration of life, love, and the reawakening of nature after the cold and dark winter months. The ribbons are often woven together by the dancers as they move around the pole. It does not look easy. (laughs) Symbolizing the weaving together of the energies of the community and the unity of all things. The Maypole Dance is a joyful and energetic celebration that marks the beginning of the warmer months and the renewal of life. Uh, Another one is the Balefire. As with the Maypole, fewer folks in the modern world mark the Beltane holiday with bale fires today, but fire is a central focus of pagan May Day celebrations and observations. The lighting of the bale fire is done to celebrate the growing strength of the sun and to purify those who can jump it of any lingering diseases from the winter or cleanse themselves with the smoke. Today, people will often bring offerings to the fire to represent what they need to purge from their lives. Sometimes it is the object itself. Uh, Imagine just you've got this thing in your house that just you can't stand it anymore. It's Beltane. Toss it in the fire. (laughs) Um, By offering them to the fire, they rid themselves of any negative energy that may have been attached to them. The bonfire, along with the timing of Beltane, creates the perfect conditions for fire gazing as well. And these fires are believed to have purifying and protective qualities. Uh, Another major focus in Beltane is sacred waters. From the Beltane morning dew, collected from grass and used as a face wash to ensure a youthful and blemish-free complexion, to wells and springs said to bestow blessings and cure illnesses, sacred waters are given extra attention and reverence during Beltane, Midsummer, and Lunasa. For thousands of years, people have made pilgrimages to sacred waters referred to as the Elixir of Life, named for an honoring deity and religious icons after another with the changing of time. Sacred trees is another focus at Beltane. Along with the divine waters are sacred trees, 
rife with magical energy associations. Trees played an extremely important role in the lives of ancient peoples, who often identified themselves based on their sacred tree. For example, the Ubron tribe of Gaul were the people of the Yu. Some trees, like the alder and ash, were so revered that they could not be cut down, one exception being for the crafting of a maypole out of ash, which bestowed protection from fairies and bad magic. When a sacred tree grew beside a sacred body or source of water, double whammy, they were considered a direct connection to the other world, where deities and other magical creatures dwelt. At these locations, people would wash away their afflictions in the waters or make wishes of fortune or misfortune and then mark their visit by tying bits of rag or ribbon or leaving monetary tokens by or embedded into the tree bark. Uh, Finally, you know, a much more modern activity during Beltane, but one that clearly obviously dates pretty far back is gardening. The month of May is the height of planting season. The earth has been collecting heat and light from the sun for months and has warmed to the point that naturally sown seeds are popping open and sending forth all manner of May blossoms. Plant everything. Sow all seeds. Transplant from under glass into the earth. The first strawberries of the season are a welcome addition to most Beltane feasts. And I have some strawberry treats in mind for you, actually. So many witches also incorporate seasonal foods into their Beltane celebrations, such as strawberries, cherries, and honey. Feasts are enjoyed with lots of other in-season fruits and vegetables now abundant in most places. Uh, I actually have a calendar hanging in not a calendar. Well, yeah, I guess it's kind of a calendar hanging in my kitchen and month by month for my region gives me a list of the fruits and vegetables that are currently in season so that when I go grocery shopping, I can pick things that are as fresh as possible. Um, That's really helpful, especially if you like to celebrate these holidays of the wheel of the year with seasonal feasting. That's one of my favorite parts of the celebration. Food, obviously. And I have a recipe for you to incorporate a little kitchen witchery into your Beltane celebration. It is a strawberry honey oat crisp that I found over at forkknifeswoon.com, which is not a witchy website, but I took the liberty of including some correspondences for the main ingredients so that you can get witchy in the kitchen with this one. This particular recipe is gluten-free and vegan-friendly, but if you are not vegan and want to incorporate butter, you can absolutely do that. I love butter so much. It's my best friend. Okay, so the strawberry honey oat crisps. I'm going to start off with the um, major ingredients and just give you the correspondences for those, and then I'll get to the specific uh, list of ingredients. So we have strawberries, which are wonderful for working magic of love and fertility. Honey, which is excellent for purification, health, love, sex, happiness, spirituality, and wisdom. Oats, which are really great for money magic. Arrowroot, which is excellent for luck and good fortune. Vanilla, which is all about love and sexuality. Lemon, which is an excellent addition for happiness and purification. And brown sugar, which in all forms of sugar, you have attraction and sweetening. So the actual ingredients for this recipe is four cups of strawberries, whole and quartered, one tablespoon of pure honey, 
Local honey is best because it also has has all those properties that help you with allergies if you suffer from allergies this time of year, especially pollen allergies. Okay, uh, one to two teaspoons of fresh lemon juice, a half a teaspoon of pure vanilla extract, two to three teaspoons of arrowroot starch, a half a cup of old-fashioned rolled oats, a quarter cup of all-purpose flour, a quarter cup of light brown sugar, and a quarter teaspoon of kosher salt, plus three tablespoons of unsalted butter, which is optional. You can leave it out if you want to make this vegan. Um, but you know, butter, so good. Okay, instructions. So you want to start off by preheating your oven to 375 degrees and lightly grease four miniature ramekins with butter or uh, baking spray and place them on a small rimmed baking sheet and set aside. You can also use one main container if you don't wanna make four small ones. This is just fun and cute if you wanna serve everyone their own little individual dessert. So you're gonna make the filling. Toss together the strawberries, honey, lemon, vanilla, and arrowroot starch in a medium mixing bowl until well combined and then set it aside. Now you wanna make the crumble topping. In another mixing bowl, whisk together the oats, flour, brown sugar, and salt until completely combined. Then you're gonna add the butter and using either a pastry blender, um, the back of a large fork, or just your fingers, uh, cut together the butter into the dry ingredients and continue until the butter is completely incorporated and the mixture comes together into a chunky crumb. Now you're gonna divide the strawberry mixture between your four ramekins or spread it all over the bottom of a larger container and top with the crumb topping. At this point, you should be visualizing, especially when you're working with your hands, um, and which is why I prefer to work with my hands when I'm doing kitchen witchery specifically, um, while you're mixing all of these ingredients and placing it together and layering it. You're, you really wanna visualize these magical properties going into the food and infusing everyone who eats it with all these amazing energies of love and fertility, health and purification, happiness and sexuality and wisdom and good fortune and luck and money and attraction and sweetening, all the things. It's amazing. <laughs> so once you have it all layered together, you will bake it uncovered for 25 to 30 minutes until the crumble topping is golden brown and the berry juices are bubbling up around the edges. You want to remove them from the oven and let them cool for a few minutes. And if you choose to make it extra, extra amazing, you will serve it warm with vanilla ice cream and enjoy. Um, as far as Beltane spells go, those are abundant online and in books if you want to find them. But also over on the Patreon, I shared a, I will created and shared a Beltane fire purification and gratitude spell. Top tier people have received uh, spell boxes for that particular spell and middle tier, I believe, and up uh, has received the copy of that spell. We are all going to do it together if, you know, members choose to on Friday, April 28th. It's going to be amazing or you can save it till Beltane. Um, but I figured because I've already shared a spell over on the Patreon that I would share a recipe today. So that's about it. Overall, Beltane is a time for witches to celebrate the fertility and the abundance of the natural world, to connect with the earth and its cycles, and to connect with each other, be that through feasting, dancing, a shared connection to nature and spirit, and even sexual union. Go get it, babies. I'm sorry, that was weird. <laughs>
Okay, that is all that I have for you today. So please be well and have an amazing weekend. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of A is for Agrimony, coffee-stained notes on witchcraft. If you like what you've been hearing, please drop me a review wherever you listen. If you want some more content, please go to www.aisforagrimony.com, where you can find my blog, episode archive, spells and rituals, and soon to come, the coven shop. You can also follow me on Instagram at a underscore is underscore for underscore agrimony. That's an underscore in between every word. Or like my Facebook page, facebook.com slash a is for agrimony. Want to contact me? Shoot an email to reachmargo at a is for agrimony.com. And if you're interested in some exclusive bonus content, you can join me over on Patreon at patreon.com slash a is for agrimony, where I share early release, unedited video format episodes, weekly collective card readings, monthly spells, and much more. You're also welcome to send me some snail mail, if you're that kind of person, to P.O. Box 397, Cherry Hill, New Jersey, zip code 08003. I'd love a good surprise. or not. I don't know. Anyway, thank you for listening. Be well and have an amazing weekend.